2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to read, uh, let's see, verses 17 and 18. Verse 17 says this, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And I know we've been talking about separation for the last couple of weeks, and if you remember, we talked about moral separation, uh, which means separating from those that don't believe. We talked about doctrinal separation last week, talking about how we've got to, I mean, it's imperative we know why we know what we know. How's that? And that we have to make sure that we're living and we're, and we're being guided and directed by God's word. And we've got to get it in our heart and we've got to, we've got to learn it so that we can live it. We can't live it if we don't learn it. And so the last one, maybe y'all are say praise the Lord, it's the last one I've got, but um, this one is called practical separation. And this one, you know, it sounds pretty straightforward, right? Practical separation, but this one kind of hits close to home, um, at least based on what I've studied. And this third type of separation is actually applies to believers, okay? And it applies to believers. And born-again believers, those that have accepted Christ as their Savior. I want us to be real clear on this. But they have not yielded themselves to God, but they're still holding on to the world, not living in accordance with God's Word. They're not in fellowship with God, even though they're saved. Okay, We can, we can be saved, and I'm not going to get into that this morning, Okay, because we all know the, the, we know the difference. But there's a difference between being saved and being in fellowship with the Lord. The big difference. So, But uh, they're in an unhealthy Christian state. Let me put it that way. They're in an unhealthy Christian state. So, um, so Paul referred to these type of people. He called them carnal. Okay, he referred to them as that. And the reason is because, and he referred to them as babies requiring milk and not solid food. And we're talking about the Word of God. When that's what he's talking about. And if you want to turn there, I'm going to read a few verses out of out of First uh, Corinthians chapter three. I'm just going to read a couple of verses there, but. Um, I think it's, you know, and I've said this before, when I first got saved, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, God had changed me, okay? I, I mean, I knew that. But it has been a progression, okay? My relationship with God has been a progression over the last 20-some years, okay? And that's what we're talking about here is whether or not there's folks around us, unfortunately, maybe that are saved, but they haven't progressed whether it's in the knowledge of the word, whether it's in the knowledge of, of being obedient to the Lord, wh whatever the case might be, they're not progressing as God would like for them to be, okay? It doesn't have anything to do with maybe what we think. It has to do with what God is looking for out of their lives. And Paul kind of talks about this, and keep in mind, in, in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians too, he's not talking about the world. He's talking about the church. He's talking about born-again believers, and in chapter 3, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, this is what he says, ye were not able to hear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for, for whereas there is among you, and here's why, there is envying, strife, and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one, you know, for while one saith, "I'm a Paul," and another, "I'm a Paulus," are you not carnal? But verse three says, 
There was envying, there was strife, there was divisions. Look, when, when God saves us, he changes our hearts, okay? Now, or he wants to change our heart, okay? He does change it when he saves it. When he comes in, number one, we didn't have the Holy Spirit in us before, okay? When he, and when he saves us, we know that. We know our heart now has the, the Spirit of God, the presence of God dwelling within us. Now, but then he wants us to grow. He wants us to, to, to mature, okay? And that's up to us, whether we grow, whether we mature, okay? So what Paul's telling us here is these, these folks, because they weren't growing as God would like for them to grow, what does that cause? Well, number one, I can tell you right now, you're not going to be happy, okay? You can pretend that you are, okay? But you're not going to be happy. If we're not in the Lord's will, once we're saved, and we're not striving and looking and trying to, to understand his word and try to do what he wants us to do and be guided and directed by him, we're not going to be happy. Okay? Now, we can put on a good face and we can put on a front, but in the evenings when we're, when we're around and there's nobody else around, we're not going to be happy. Okay, We're not because we're not going to be in God's will. And that's what he's talking about here when he's talking about envying, strife, divisions. I mean, we're not going to be happy, therefore we're not going to have the right kind of attitude. We're not going to be... We're just not going to be in good shape, okay, when it comes to our walk with the Lord. And, and, and as, as people that have to live around us, they're probably going to be miserable, okay, because we're going to be miserable, all right? So you say, why are you saying all this? Because we need to, we need to understand that there are folks, maybe, okay, they're on the growing path, but then there may be folks around us, even though we're in church together, and I'm not saying here, I'm just saying broad-based, the body of Christ that maybe haven't, maybe they don't have a desire to grow, okay? And the thing is, for us, we have to understand the fact that just because they don't have a desire to grow, we can't allow that to influence us, okay? We can't allow that to influence us. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not saying that we, that we shun these folks. I've said it before. I've probably said it every week. Any of this having to do with separation does not mean that we shun anyone, that we talk down to them. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about here, we've got to be have enough grounding in us spiritually, enough Bible in us, spiritually, enough knowledge, enough, enough in us that we understand where we're supposed to be versus where other folks may or may not be. Okay, so that, that's what, we're, that's what the, the purpose of this thing is. So, you know, I wrote down that, that they're living childishly, foolishly. Um, I mean, God, that's not what God wants. He does, that's not what he wants out of us. He didn't save me for me to go around and live life as a fool. I mean, I'm just going to say, that's not why he saved me, okay? I mean, so, I mean, he saved me for a purpose, okay? Number one, he saved me, I mean, for my benefit, so I wouldn't go to hell. But I'm saying he saved me also for, for, to utilize me, for me to serve him. So, um, they were living childishly. When we talk about these, these kind of this characterization of folks, I'll put it that way, the carnal, living childishly, living foolishly, uh, rather than... Here's the thing, embracing what God has for us. And I kind of, I probably said this last week, but God has. He's got things for us, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about money, prosperity. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual things, good things, a life that only he can give to us that he wants to give to us. But in order for him to give that to us, we've got to be willing to spend a little bit of time with him because otherwise, I mean, how would I have ever known that how to be a better husband, okay, I don't know where this is coming from, but it just kind of threw me in there, okay, how to be a better husband, how to be a better child when I was growing up, if I didn't take the time to listen 
I, prob- I wouldn't have turned out very well, okay? If I wouldn't listen to my parents, I wouldn't have grown the way that, I, that, that by them guiding me and directing me, they made me what I am today. I mean, God's made me what I am today as well, but you follow what I'm saying. We have to have some time alone with the Lord and in his word if we're going to do anything for him to impact us. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. For him to influence us, we've got to spend time with him. So, um, you know, there was, there was, they weren't settled. You know, when I think about folks that are like the, what Paul's talking about here, they weren't settled, they weren't content. Um, and there was, because they weren't content, there was contention, which means they were probably hard to get along with and they were probably, again, not being a whole lot of use to doing what the Lord had, had actually called them to do, if that makes sense. And uh, we get a better feel for what God's expectations are for us if we go to Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, let me see, yeah, verses 11 through 14. It says, and here's, here's what the Lord is, is trying to help us understand. It says, of whom, in verse 11, chapter 5 of Hebrews, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. Listen to what he says here, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. And here's the thing, listen to what this says to discern both good and evil. I mean, again, he's telling us, we gotta, we got to get in this thing and we got to grow in it in order to be able to have good discernment over good things and bad things. So, you know, God, God's expectation, okay, it's not, it's not a suggestion, okay? God's expectation is for us to grow, okay? That's his expectation. And not wander through life as a bunch of babies, you know, and I mean, I think about how this is not, <laughs> I sit and studied and I thought so many times, I thought, you know, how, how straightforward he's made this for us. You know, I mean, it's very straightforward. The question is, am I willing to listen? And am I willing to apply it? I mean, it's, it's really that simple. But, right. And I mean, you know, you think about that and you think about the term born again. Well, that kind of that kind of tells you right there. Okay, we're we're starting we're starting over. I mean, it's a new life. Okay, but not to wander through life as baby. God as babies. God wants His children to grow up. You know, and, and and I think that that applies to all of us. We're to continue to grow up as we get older. Okay, just because I'm 60 doesn't mean that I don't have room to grow up more in terms of growing spiritually. Okay, I got a lot more room to grow. But he wants us to grow up and he wants us to, to continue to mature. And why? So that we can do the work that he's laid out for us to do for him. That's what, I mean, that's, that's what he wants. And, you know, Paul says that we're to separate ourselves from those born-again believers who are not conducting their lives, they're not living their lives in accordance with the Bible. You know, and, and, and I thought about... Uh, when we were talking about moral separation, we were talking about those that are just flat out going against, you know, they don't believe, so they're flat out going against the word of God. We talked about the doctrine 
separation and those that are pushing things that are not of the Bible, okay? They're pushing things of their own, professing that, you know, that they are of God, okay? And you think about that, I mean, we've got to understand that. And when we, when we think about separating ourselves from believers who aren't conducting their lives, I mean, they may not be pushing different doctrine, different teaching, but then again, they're not living the way they should be living, okay? I mean, that's, that's, and that's, that's a broad scale, okay? That, I mean, that covers a lot of ground. But the bottom line is, are we measuring up to what the Bible says? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Are we measuring up to what God's Word says? And, you know, Paul told the Thessalonians in, let's see, in chapter 2, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Um, listen to what he says here. I'm going, to read, I'm going to read verses 6 through 15. But, you know, when, when God saved us, you know, he's given, me, he's given me spiritual things, okay? But he's also given me earthly things to make life here better, okay? Or, you know, he wants us to have a good life, okay? He's not going to, and I'm not, again, I'm not pushing that he's going, to, he's going to abundantly give us all kinds of money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is whatever it is that he's given to us, number one, God's given it to us, and I should acknowledge that. Number two, because he's given it to me, I should be a good steward of it. And that's, that's material things as well as spiritual things. And, you know, and, and it's kind of coming together around all that. I've got to conduct myself properly. I'm supposed to work, okay? I'm supposed to provide and I'm supposed to be, you know, family's important. All these things, these things are important. All these things are in God's Word. And when he's talking about people that aren't living according to the Word, even if they're saved, these are the things we're talking about. Not, not being in the right relation, not doing the things that a righteous person's supposed to do. Okay, and I'm not saying we don't sin. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about things that, that as when we got born again and as we sat under teaching and preaching of God's Word, we learned about how we're supposed to live. And if we choose to just say, well, I hear what's being taught and I hear what's being preached, but I choose not to listen, I choose not to do that and follow that, that's what I'm talking about here, okay? That's what I'm talking about. In um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, listen to what Paul says here. He says, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to what he says, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. The tradition he received, they're not talking about some kind of man-made thing. He's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what he's talking about here. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. And listen what he says, but rout with labor and travail night and day that we not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. You know, I, I think as I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I think it's important how we live to people around us, okay? I mean, I don't mean that we're supposed to live and act like we're, we're high and mighty because we're not. But we are supposed to live in a way that we've got compassion and love around for folks that they can see there's a difference in us. And, and that's how we're supposed to live, and that's what he's telling us here. We're supposed to be an example. Um, and he goes on to say, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any should not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. 
Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Again, we're not supposed to shun them. We're supposed to pray for them and we're supposed to try to influence them in the right way. Okay? Because, yeah, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going I'm to stop there. And let me say this. Yet count him not as an enemy. This, this says it very well. But admonish him as a brother. That's what it's saying. It's saying, look, we've got to have the knowledge the understanding of our own, of God's word, to know what's right and what's wrong. And if we see someone who's struggling, we're to go to them with compassion, not with a big stick and try to beat them down and make them feel bad. Okay? But if we, don't, if we don't have the knowledge of God's word within us, how are we going to be able to make that determination and that, you know, that judgment? That's right. That's right. And that doesn't mean, again, I'm going to say it again, that doesn't mean that we're self-righteous. That's not, what, that's not what the Bible means when it says that we're spiritual. Okay? So it takes the power of God, okay, this is a very simple statement, to save a person, but it also takes the power of God for a person to live for God. Okay? I mean, he saved me, but I can't live for him without his help. Okay? I can't do it. And each believer has to want this. You know, Paul's telling us to separate from those who are still living in their will, not yielding their lives to the power of God. I think about all these crazy ideas and teachings and all these, you know, I'm just going to say it, different organizations and groups that are out there that are professing God. They're not professing Christ. They're professing God. I mean, this is what we're talking about here, people that are professing things that don't line up with God's word. I mean, we've got to be aware of these things. Um. So they're intentionally professing to be saved, but are living and practicing things against God's word. You know, once God saves us, we see, you know, I thought about this as I I sat and studied. We see what we were before we were saved, once he saves us. You know, I mean, I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't a terrible person. I mean, I don't think. Y'all can talk to Lori after church and ask her before I got saved, okay? I don't think I was a terrible person, okay? But, I mean, I, I, I worked every day. I mean, I, I provided for my family, but I was lost, okay? I mean, in God's eyes, I had a major issue, okay? I didn't exist in God's eyes. But I can see the difference after he saved me. I can, there's a difference. I mean, he showed me what the difference is. <laughs> I mean, he showed me that. And... You know, once we see what it is that, once we're saved and we see what it is God wants us to be in our new life, there's no excuse for us not to live for him. I mean, there's not. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself because, Lord willing, I'll kind of get into it when we get rolling into, the, into chapter 7. But, um, so for us as, as born-again believers, there's two essential parts. Okay, there's two essential parts when it comes to separation. Okay, and I'm going to wrap this up. It says, um, we've got to separate ourselves apart from those things that are against God's word. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. But here's the other thing. In order to do that, we've got to separate ourselves unto God. I mean, we've got to, we've got to, you say, and to me, we've got to do the, the, this first. We've got to separate ourselves to God first in order to learn and to grow and understand what his expectations are as lined out in his word 
then we can separate ourselves from the things that we're not supposed to be involved in and taking part in. So it goes on to say in, I'm going back to 2 Corinthians again in chapter 6, verse 17, he goes on and he says, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And, you know, we live, <laughs> we live in a world that is just full of worldly pleasures and driven by worldly values. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's the world that we live in. And sin is all around us every day. Okay? We've got to live around it every day. But we do not have to participate in it. Okay? I mean, that's the difference. It's all around us, but we don't have to participate in it. And if we participate in the evil things around us, then we're guilty of sinning against God. It's that simple. This is not me standing here saying this. This is in God's word. This is in the book. And this is what's meant by touching the unclean thing. That's what he's, this is what he's talking about, is the things that the sin that we commit, God considers those things unclean. Therefore, we're unclean when we do these things. So we're not to have anything to do with dishonest practices, unclean practices, worldly practices, any of this stuff that's against what's in God's word, we are not to participate in. It's that simple. And we're not to condone it either. I mean, we're not to support it is the word I was really thinking of. I mean, there's folks that want to that ride the fence, okay? There ain't no riding the fence with Almighty God, okay? We're either for him or we're against him. It's that simple, okay? And, I, and I'm talking whether saved or unsaved. We're either going to follow him or, or we're going to suffer the consequences of not doing what he wants. So, and here's the thing, here's the benefit of what he's telling us here, to separate, to stay away from the sin, to live the way that he wants us to live. He says, on down there in verse, hang on, I didn't, I didn't turn back here, but the key I want to hit on is, I will receive you, okay? And, and I think it's important that we remember in these verses, in this whole chapter for that matter, um, that Paul's talking about, he's talking about believers, and let me, let me turn back here real quick. Let me read this. And I'm back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. But listen to what he says. All the way down through here, he talks about not to be, we started off by talking not to be unequally yoked and, and not to take part in, in all these things that are ungodly. And he says, um, touch not the unclean thing, and listen, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. He's not talking about salvation here. Okay, he's talking about, these are believers that he's talking to. He's teaching progression and growth is what he's teaching. That's what he's trying to get across. And um, it's how to live. God has standards. I'm going to say it again. God has standards and expectations for me and for us who have received him, who have, who have professed that we've accepted Christ as our Savior, as our personal Savior. So if we profess Christ, then God intends for us to live that way. If we want... Our Heavenly Father, and you know, and this is, I thought, set in thought and about this and how, how miserably I fail him at times. And, and I tell you, if, I can only speak for myself, but I'm ashamed at times of how miserably I fail him because he is my Heavenly Father. And he wants me to be a son. That means I, I need to honor him. I need, I mean, in all aspects of my life, every single day, 24-7. That's what that means. And that's a high expectation, but you know what? <laughs> if I really love him, it shouldn't be that hard to do. 
but I'm getting I'm getting off track. But right, right, he does, he does, and he and, and why does he do that? Because he wants to receive us as his children. Okay, and in order for that, we got to live different than the world because the world, although they say they are, they're not his children. Unless they're saved, unless they've accepted Christ, they're not his children. And we are, and he wants us, he wants us to behave as though we're his children. That's right. That's it. It is a, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, if we're saying things that don't match up with God's word, if we're living in the world and we're indulging in worldly things, if our, you know, and this is the thing, I've heard this a long time ago, if our walk doesn't match up with our talk, okay, then we're not, we're not honoring God, okay? I mean, we can, these things, man can do these things. Believers can do these things, but God is not honored in those things. And, Lord willing, I, yeah. I'm, so, God wants to recognize us, I know I've said this before, as our children, as his children, I'm sorry, as his children, and we got to strive for that recognition. I have to work on it every day. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not talking about am I questioning whether I'm saved or not. I'm talking about looking at how I'm living. Okay? This is a personal thing. Okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, th- there are a lot of things we have to make, decisions we have to make in terms of social type things, as Rennie said, and other things. But there's also things deep down inside. Okay? And I'm, I'm getting ahead of, into my other part of my lesson. But we got to make decisions on it every day. Because the enemy is riding us every day. Don't ever, if you're in a position where you, you think that he's not, and you think that you're good and he's not bothering you, you better get on your knees and pray and ask God to strengthen you real fast because he's getting ready to just knock you down. I can tell you that. But I'm going to quit. I'm out of time, so I'm going to quit there. That's exactly right. That's right. That, that's right. That's it. That's why I say it's, it comes from deep down in here. I mean, we can look around and we can, and we can say that I'm, well, I'm tempted by all these things around me. No, right in here is where the tempting comes from, right inside. So.